Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Folks, this is a very special podcast uh, today and one that I would encourage everybody to listen to. It's an hour with my very good friend, uh, Colin Clark, Uh, who I first met, I guess, about 15 or so years ago, and who, quite honestly, has completely transformed my life by thinking about the world. Uh, He's become the godfather of my son. Uh, He's an amazing man. You know, he is a guy that started uh, his life um, and after uh, getting a scholarship, to uh, go and study, he decided instead um, to go and take robes for a year as a a Buddhist monk. Um, He returned to Australia after a year expecting to to continue his uh, life as a celibate monastic, but instead met a lady, fell in love, worked in a a big four or, you know, one of the top um, strategy firms. He's run ashrams. He has been a coach. He's just an incredible dude. And uh, Colin um, and I, uh, having me being a coaching client of his, uh, I then started referring a lot of people to him. A few years ago, we started to run what was originally called Breakfast of Champions, or even prior to that, In Good Company. Colin retired out of that. And so um, there's a lot of people who are now doing my um, Arate Champions um, Forum uh, program. And I talk about Colin all the time, uh, as I do with many other people. But here's an opportunity to hear directly from the man himself, you know, his philosophies and wisdoms about the world and it is literally incredible, unbelievably um, pertinent. And if you listen and take away and start to implement in your lives the things that Colin um, is talking about today, the transformations that are possible will literally seem unbelievable, but are incredibly practical and uh your life will become even more miraculous than perhaps it is already. Uh, I have previously done a podcast interview with Colin a a number of years ago. And if you want to learn more about the backstory uh, about Colin's life and so on, I'd recommend that you go back and check that one out. Whereas this is really talking about what is going on in the world today at a sort of a, at a, in a, more macro level, what's going on for people in their lives, why are people not getting what they want out of their lives, how do they start to put their attention on what they want and how do they become um, the creator of this magnificent life that they want to manifest. And um, I would absolutely love you to listen to this podcast to share this podcast with your loved ones, friends, family, etc., cetera, um, because, uh, you know, what you'll hear today are things that you may never, ever have heard before. And this is not stuff that gets talked about in a professional corporate context. It's not stuff that gets talked about at school. It's not stuff that gets talked about if you go to church. Not that I go to church. Uh, that's not my thing. But, uh, but you know, there's very limited opportunity to get access to um, uh, what Colin is discussing today. Uh, I think he is an absolute superstar. Um, and uh, if as a result of having a listen to this, you would like an introduction to Colin, please let me know. I'd be very happy to facilitate that. But meanwhile, um, you know, sit back, grab yourself a cup of tea or a glass of wine, uh, or perhaps you're out having a run or driving your car and uh, prepare to uh, 
be entertained and to have your mind expanded. Um, here is Colin Clay. Well, Colin, welcome back to the RSA podcast. Uh, I think the last time we did a podcast together must have been about three or so years ago, but just to create a bit of context, and I have introduced you prior to, you know, uh, on the recording, um, uh, I think you and I first met, gosh, it must have been, what, about 15 years ago, would you say? Perhaps even a bit longer than that? Many, many moons, Kimasabi, many moons. And so... Uh, how that came about is I was working in a business and uh, called Davidson Recruitment and uh, I was um, leading this lifestyle where once a week, one week in a month, I was going up to Chenrezig and living with Buddhist monks and nuns and the rest of the time I was in this pretty hedonistic sort of career where I was making a lot of money and living a uh, sort of a typical uh, you know, a uh, uh, lifestyle of a well-paid executive. And I was getting conflicted about what is actually the right path? You know, is it the, the uh, path of spirituality? Is it, is it the path of hedonism? And, uh, and anyway, my boss, uh, with great gratitude to my boss at the time, he said, oh, I think you need to meet and start working with this guy, Colin. And, uh, and I remember our first conversation as if it was yesterday, sitting at a restaurant and me sort of telling you about where I was at and you saying, well, Richard, why don't we work together for a while? And, uh, you know, what I would say is that that conversation turned into a relationship which has transformed my life and uh, I could not be more appreciative of your wisdom and your friendship and everything that you've helped me with um, and those people that I've introduced you to. More recently, we ran the Breakfast of Champions program together and then uh, I've subsequently taken that, you know, forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just great to, to reconnect with you. And I think I talk about you probably almost, if not every single day. And so there are a lot of people who are probably saying, oh, I'd love to learn more about this guy, Colin, and, uh, you know, learn more about his perspectives on life. So we've already done a podcast where we've talked about your career history, so we don't need to do that. But, you know, I just... I mean, we're in such interesting times, Colin, you know, this coronavirus and lockdowns and economy unpredictability and blah, blah, blah. I just thought, why don't we just, as if we're two friends, which we are, having a cup of tea at the Brunswick Heads, you know, coffee shop, and let's just have a chat about what's going on. Colin, you know, what's firstly, what's been going on for you? Okay, Richard, thank you for that very, very gracious, um, very gracious introduction. What can I say about these times and about myself? You know my history, so you know I've always got a foot in one, one boat of the world and the other boat in the cave. The last 67 years, I've struggled to reconcile these two boats in my life. And I guess that's informed how I do what I do and see what I see. Um, basically, to address your question about these times we live in, that... Um, there's two things. There's your life itself, and then there's your life circumstances. Um, your life itself is your relationship to what I would call your essence, just just between you and God, so to speak, without sounding religious. And pull me up if I start to sound religious because I'm not. But it's just it's 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 you and God, right? Who are you? What are you here for? What the heck is going on here, right? And then there's your life circumstances. You have good days, you have bad days, you have in-between days, some days you win, some days you lose. Traditionally, it's called samsara because it just goes up and goes down, right? Um, loss is the only discovery of gain and gain's the only discovery of blah, blah, blah. You know, tide coming in, tide going out. Yeah. So if you pin your life on your circumstances, you'll be in trouble. You'll rise with the good times, you'll fall with the bad times. And over a, an adult lifetime, you'll start to feel like you're a victim, so to speak. That when your circumstances are good, you feel good. When they're bad, you feel bad. The creative orientation of which obviously I, I champion is about cultivating this participation with your own life, your life essence. And 
conforming your life circumstances to that. So in other words, you are the creator of your life rather than a victim of circumstances. Now, in the times in which we live, as you well know, living in Queensland, I can't even drive up to visit you at the moment. I know. It would be very easy for you to presume that you are a victim of these times. And my response is, clearly you're not. This is just your life circumstances. You are actually, in truth, a creator. You can have any life you want, should you choose it. And having coached God by now, probably probably thousands of people in my, in my life, you basically become what you put your attention on. That's it. And when I say attention, I mean the complete spectrum of your mental focus. Conscious, subconscious or unconscious, whatever you're, whatever you're putting your attention on is what you'll end up creating. And it's not like you're, you're the God that would be absurd, but, but you are, without sounding religious, you are a, a God. You do bring conditions into existence. You do keep them there and you do make them disappear, right? Mm-hmm. You, you are a creator in that sense. Now, I'm not talking wanky dolphin, unicorn milk, new age stuff, <laughs> but I'm not talking just hardcore scientific materialistic viewpoint about life i'm talking a much 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 more holistic orientation that you can create the reality that you'd prefer mm-hmm. okay now obviously you could get hit by a bus bad things happen to good people good things happen to bad people all kinds of atrocities and difficulties happen in life but where is your attention Mm-hmm. And that's basically always been the, the focus of the work I do with people and, and my own life as well. Mm-hmm. Is and that so, a re- reasonable introduction? Yep, I think that's great, Colin. And so, you know, you could look at it from the perspective of the individual, which is what you're largely talking about. And but yep. then you could even extrapolate that out to talk about it from, you know, a, more of a societal thing. Okay, I mean, what's going on in the world that we have riots in America and we have, you know, this coronavirus and, and yep. uh, we have, you know, Chinese spies and Russian, you know, poisoning journalists. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, there's, there's the what is going on for Richard at, in, within Richard's universe, right? Yep. And there's what's going on within the broader environment. So I'd like to talk about both of those. But yep. which would you prefer to talk about first? Doesn't matter. Because to me, they're, they're sort of one in the same. One is on a micro, one's on a macro level. But if you look at what's happening in the world and you look at what's happening to individuals and groups of individuals, it's pretty much the same thing. On this planet, we, are, we live in the most over-medicated, overweight <laughs> Even on an individual micro level. Are you talking about me, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jesus, the, the people are losing this sense of their relationship to life itself. What historically was known as spirit, right? And so if you're alive in, say, um, say uh, the last, you know, 400 years through that Enlightenment period, Galileo, Prior to that, we lived on, um, you know, witch doctors and myth and kind of superstitions. And then along came this thing called science, which completely undermined absolutely everything that people believed in up to that point. And if you have a look at the world we live in now, all that seems to be going on is upheaval and chaos (laughs) on a micro and on a macro level. I mean, you know, what's happening in American politics and it's, it's just bizarre, right? The, the, the worldwide financial system, the pharmaceuticals, you know, big, big corporates, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't seem like it's sustainable and it seems like the planet itself is groaning, mm. right? 
and, and shifting. And when I talk to individuals, individuals give me the feedback that they can sense something is going on, right? Some changes going on. I don't know what the heck's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this Corona thing's going to end up. I don't know what's going to happen with my job, with my money, with my wife, with my life. Wow. And in the midst of all that, it would be very easy to feel like you're helpless, mm -hmm. that you are a victim. But, but once again, what are you meditating on? Where is your attention? Moment to moment, day to day, week to week, month to month. What are you actually creating with your attention? This is what I would I'd postulate. Most, most people are not putting their attention on what they want. They wake up in the morning and unconsciously and subconsciously their attention's on what they don't want. Mm -hmm. They're worried. They're concerned. Apparently with good reason because the media keeps telling us how screwed up everything is, right? And then you look at the commercials, which will tell you, <laughs> you know, how to be fulfilled. <laughs> so if you take your cue from traditional wisdom, Buddhist, Hindu, doesn't really matter. The, the, they will tell you the bottom line in a human life is that you're in a circumstance of mortality between now and death. It's never ending and constant change. Good things will come. Good things will go. Bad things will come. Bad things will go. Everything just keeps on changing. Right. And if you pin your hopes of fulfillment on that, which is always changing, you will suffer. This isn't me. This is traditional wisdom. You're trying. This is the poor noble truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. You will, you'll just suffer. So where do you put your attention? What do you stake your life on? And you stake your life on life itself, the life current itself, your relationship to the great mystery that lives and breathes us all. And that is rotating all these planets and <laughs> growing all these hairs on our faces, right? There is something else going on here that the planet that most individuals typically do not seem to notice. So, Colm, what, just explain what do you mean by you stake your life on life itself? If you came from the Christian tradition, the, the two biggest admonitions are love God with all your heart and soul and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. If you came from the Hindu tradition, you'd be, you'd be told of the, the, the trilogy of Sat, Chit, Ananda, consciousness, divine intelligence, and bliss. If you came from the Buddhist tradition, you'd, you'd hear, as you mentioned, the Four Noble Truths, the truth of suffering, and also the way out of suffering. Mm. You participate in life, but you don't be ruled by its circumstances. Mm. It's, it's an art. It's like dance. It's like you running your business. You know, if you work constantly in your business without working on it, that business will end up working you over, right? <laughs> the business is designed so you don't have to work. Mm. But having coached, you know, predominantly business people in my life, they end up becoming slaves to this thing called their business mm. or, or their job. Mm. I see this period in human history as an opportunity to break out of a lot of old paradigms, you know, particularly with the virtual world growing ever, you know, daily. Here we are talking to each other and uh, we're not even living next door to each other. Mm -hmm. We're not even sitting in a cafe somewhere having a cup of, cup, cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, to take it to the an extreme level, I may not even be, I could just be an AI bot that you're talking to and you think that there is this character called Richard and vice <laughs> yeah. versa, but there's, you're actually just talking to yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when I coach people and they tell me about their, quote, life circumstances, very few people tell me about their life to begin with. Mm. They tell me about their circumstances, like, what they're doing, their health, their house, the wife, the life, all that stuff. They don't very 
typically tell me about their relationship to spirit itself or consciousness itself. Because most people don't actually believe that (laughs) that consciousness is is the position of everything. Traditional Traditional cultures always accepted that something's living and breathing us right here, right now. Mm-hmm. But us, uh, us scientific uh, whiteies, Westerners, mm. we, we tend to think that we're doing it. Um, so I don't if you know what, if you drop the God part, right? Yep. yep. Okay. Because people have all sort of sort of uh, you know beliefs about what that may or may not mean, and yep. you instead talk about it from a position of consciousness. Yeah. And yet you talk about the fact that as an ego, I believe that I am breathing and yet the belief is or the understanding is you're being breathed, right? Yep. Yep. Talk about that a bit more in a context that somebody goes, well, hang on a second, I don't believe, you know, in the you know, secret of <laughs> guy with beard who's sitting up in the clouds. Right. Uh, how do you make that more palatable? Okay. You don't have to believe in anything. Okay. You don't need to believe in anything. You just have to observe and have a look at what's actually going on here. What, what your actual experience is. When you looked in the mirror when you were two years old, you saw something looking back at you. You look in the mirror now, 50 odd years later, and you see a very different thing looking back at you. And yet, in essence, the same one is there, right? You just look different. Mm-hmm. You've been there the whole time. You were there when you were five and you're there now in your 50s. You can remember all of that. Right? You have so, been or you believe that you have been? <laughs> it's a good point. Because somebody might say, oh, yeah, but when I was two, I was a completely different person to a 52. You know, it, so it, it appears that way. Yeah, so whilst, um, you know, in some respects, I am the same person, in many respects, I'm literally a completely different person. Correct, correct. I'll put it to you this way. You go to bed tonight in your bed, you fall asleep, and you you start dreaming you're being chased down the beach by a gorilla in your dream, right? Mm -hmm. You can feel the gorilla. You can see the gorilla. You can sense the breath on your neck. This gorilla is really just about to get you. It's very real. And then you wake up mm-hmm. and you're in your bed. No, no threat, no gorilla, right? It seemed as though in the dream state, it seemed as though you were under threat. It seemed as though the gorilla was real. It seemed as though you're about to get got. Mm-hmm. You wake up in your bed and you realized all of that was a dream. Well, your life circumstances are sort of like the dream state is to the waking state. So you think about your life when you were 15, right? And what you're up to, what you thought was important, you know, where your attention was, what you're about. And you compare that to now and it seems as if like, did that really happen? What, what, what was all that, right? What was that? Well, when I was 15, my attention was on girls and guitars. And now that I'm 52, my attention's on girls and guitars. So, uh, <laughs> so how's that working for you? Well, I'm pretty good. I've got lots of guitars and uh, I've got a lovely girl. Uh, so, you know. Um, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So, so a CEO or an aspiring senior executive presents to you. Yep. All right. And they go, yeah, Colin, you know, I get it that if I'm in a dream and there's a gorilla chasing me, but that's, that's a dream, right? This is my real life. My boss is a dickhead. My wife hates my guts. You know, you know, I'm, I'm 30 kilos overweight. Uh, It's all very well to sort of say it's just a dream, but you know, I'm, this is my life and it's pretty shit. Well, I would say to you, thanks for sharing, Richard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not your life. It's your life circumstances. All right. A big distinction. And if that person, he or she, that CEO, um, 
was talking to me about, about their life circumstances and they sounded to me as if they were almost like a victim of their circumstances. Like, how did this happen, right? Mm. How, how did all this happen? How did I get 30 kilos overweight? When I was a teenager, I used to be rake thin. You know, I don't know what you were like when you were a teenager. Were you rake <laughs> thin? I was, you know. You're talking about me here at the moment, but uh, that's all right. (laughs) Um, But if you track back all of those circumstances, at some point you put your attention on something and it came to pass. You made a choice. Most people do not wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is choose to live a healthy, happy life. Mm. Most people just wake up and get on the machine and just keep going Mm. as if, as if this machine is happening to them. And usually the motion of that machine is only stopped by some kind of crisis, health crisis, relationship crisis, money crisis. And I've had people come to me in the midst of those crises and say words very similar to it all seems like I'm in a dream. This seems really unreal. What's going on. You know, it seems like, wow, I'm just at the movies watching this bizarre train wreck unfold in front of me, right? Mm -hmm. You can relate to these kind of scenarios, particularly in really big business with lots and lots of people involved. And so, as you are aware, having spent time coaching with me, you have to set up a creative structure to address this. So the first thing you do is you get back in touch with, I don't know, what word should I use? You get back in touch with your heart's desire, what you'd you'd love, what's really important to you, what you'd love, what what moves you, what, what, you know, what what, what is precious to you? What what is precious to you? If you're going to cark it at the end of this gig, and you will, what is, what's precious to you? Mm. You see, so that's the first thing you get clear about what you'd love and then you get clear brutally honest with where you're actually at Mm. and as you well know having heard me before there's usually quite a gap between those two things between preferred reality and current reality and current reality right and it's that gap what i call creative tension between where you find yourself and what you'd love that tension ends up becoming the fuel because that tension creative tension not psychological tension that creative tension compels demands and seeks a resolution if you hold that if you hold that structure in your awareness, your conscious awareness between where you are and where you'd love to be, it cannot help but resolve. And it'll either resolve in favor of where you are and it'll be more of the same or it'll resolve in what you want, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It'll resolve in favor of what you want if you keep your attention on what you want and it'll resolve in favor of more of the same if you keep your attention on more of the same. Mm. You have a choice. Mm. You may not think you have a choice. Working in a billion-dollar company, responsible for losses of millions a week, the wife and three kids, and the, you and the wife aren't doing so well, the kids hate you because you're never home, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, who did that? I mean, who, who created all that? You're, you're the architect of your life, you see. What do you really want? Really, like really, really... And most people don't want money. They want what money will give them. Most people don't really want all the kinds of stuff they think they want. They just think it's going to give it to them, but it never does because they're investing themselves in what's called traditionally samsara, that which changes all the time. Mm. Now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying the pleasures of life. There's nothing wrong with having a red Ferrari and driving around your neighborhood with a supermodel in the passenger seat and living in a condo. There's nothing wrong with any of that. So long as that's an expression of what you'd love. That's all. That's all. Mm. Or do I, you personally, the language I personally that don't love that. <laughs> to use some language uh, that you've used and I use 
in this context, it's, are you driven or drawn? Yes. Yeah. Right. To explain that a little bit more. Okay. When you connect with something you like, love, are drawn to, dream about, just your, your heart desire. You know, for people, it's usually things like their children or something they believe in strongly or you don't have to, you don't have to oink yourself up to think about it. Right. It's just something your attention goes to very, very naturally, very, very naturally. I would even use the word things that you love, like your intimate partner, like your children and like your creative gifts. You, you do them anyway. You don't have to get paid for them. You just love to do that. You get enjoyment from it. That's called drawn and driven is usually to get away from something. And in all my years of coaching, it's uh, really obvious that the most successful people typically are the most driven, uh, but not necessarily the most drawn. The most so, successful people by what measure? By society's measure. Right. You know, like the goods of life. Yeah. And so I've coached billionaires and uh, honestly, they're no happier than a plumber. Mm. So what is going on, right? And so people are playing out these patterns, most, mostly unconsciously, I would say, mostly unconscious, uninspected patterning from childhood. Mm. You know, you've been this very, very successful corporate lawyer all your life. And really, you never wanted to be a lawyer in the first place. You'd rather have been a... A rock musician <laughs> you would have rather have played music you know because you love to um so i'm proposing that you could do what you love and live the life you'd prefer mm. and yet but, you know oh but mum and dad you know i've got to make mum and dad proud and it's yep. i've got to i've got to fulfill what society expects of me you know, yep. uh, I did this law degree and I've committed myself to this career. And even though I hate it, I'm so invested in it yep. that I, I can't give it up, even though that, every day I hate it. That's called driven, Richard. Yeah. Okay, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning, keep going for 40 years, and then you'll have a heart attack one Monday morning. You can't do it anymore. If you do that, you will have health problems. You will have psychological problems, you'll have relational problems, you name it, because you're not living in accordance with your, your true nature, your essence, your true nature, you see, mm. without sounding too wanky. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, there is a danger of being perceived as being too woo-woo, right? Yeah. You know, the, Way too uh, you know uh, the secret, oh, if you're just... You know, um, every morning I just put oh, the, uh, my attention on this knight in shining armor is going to come in and whisk me away yeah. and I'm going to live happily ever after. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or you buy the magic crystal and you say your, your mantras and so on and so forth. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm at pains to talk to people about is that <laughs> it's not just about putting your attention on what your preferred reality, you actually no. have to take action. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> And the action you take is action that will resolve the creative tension between where you are and where you prefer to be. Mm -hmm. So you don't just sit in your, um, you know, humpy dreaming about being a billionaire and just, you know, thinking of, you know, fantasize. You've got to actually get up off your ass, get off the dole, do something, get a job, do something for others, whatever, in exchange for money. But you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so to, in order to start, in order to get that energy going, you need that polarity between where you are and where you want to be. You've got to use that charge, so to speak, between driven and drawn. You've, you've got to harness your innate creative potential. Otherwise, you'll just become a, either a brutal realist an angry, you know, mental, brutal realist, this is what i got to do and this is just how it is, 
or an idle dreamer. You know, one day, as you said, one day my prince will come and whisk me off to some terrific circumstance with complete fantasy, just fantasy, right? Mm. It's never going to happen. But if you took action in the direction of what you'd love, then it absolutely will. It must happen. Mm. You see, mm. it must, that, that tension must resolve. Mm. It's, it's got to resolve. Yeah. And yet at the same time, and I'm, I, I, I talk about this, I'd like you to sort of explain it more is this concept of whilst I'm putting my attention on my preferred reality and I'm undertaking the actions to take me towards my preferred reality at the same time, I've got to relax my hand on the tiller. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. What, so it, what does that mean? Well, when you relax your hand on the tiller, you're acknowledging that there is an innate creative intelligence operating behind the scenes. What I call your life, your life essence, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, spirit essence, that's operating creatively underneath of your conscious mind. So it's, it's the thing that's actually growing the hairs on your head, digesting the food, all that stuff. It's the mechanism that attracts things into your life and repels things from your life. Okay. And if you want to know where you're at relative to all of that, just look at your life. And when you look in a mirror, you can't argue with what looks back at you. You, you can't. You, you can believe Jesus or be a satanic worshiper, it makes no difference what that, what that mirror is going to show you, right? What you see looking back at you is what's looking. Your life is a reflection of you. Mm. Now you and I are having this very, very privileged conversation. If we were in a third world country, you know, suffering from starvation about to be invaded, about to be killed. Talking and thinking this way is an absolute luxury. Mm -hmm. All of our attention will be on just merely surviving. But it doesn't appear in the West our agenda is about mere survival anymore. <laughs> Not in any way, shape or form. That seems mm. to be very, very prefigured, you know. Mm. I just go to this big place, park my car and I buy some food and take it home. There it is. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to understand a bit more about what you, when you, you look in the mirror, yeah. what you see is what is doing the looking, all right? But before yeah. I get you to talk, so, you know, I talk about, uh, uh, I, I regularly talk about the sort of the Buddhist philosophy of friend, enemy and stranger, all right? Yeah. But, in, but a way I make it even more simpler is to say, you know, in if in my consciousness, if I love coffee and I smell coffee, I go, mm, yum, coffee, I can't have, wait to have a coffee. If in somebody else's consciousness they smell coffee and they go, oh, I hate coffee, that smells disgusting. And in a third person's consciousness they smell coffee and they go, oh, that's an interesting smell, I wonder what that is. Yep. Coffee from its own side is neither smells yum or smells yuck all right it's yep. where your attention is that right. you know is how coffee smell shows up in your universe right so i get yeah. that i get that but i don't really exactly understand what you mean by if richard is looking in the mirror then what richard sees in the mirror is that which is doing the looking what do you mean okay if you're a client and you came to me and you said, um, you know, my, my wife's a bitch. <laughs> my husband's a insensitive brute. Uh, my job is a piece of shit with no future. Mm, my bank account is rubbish. I've got no social life. Um, you know, my health is compromised. I thought I said it was a confidential color. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, okay, well, let's just start with the first one. You know, your intimate relationship. What does that intimate relationship say about you? Forget about what he or she is like. 
what does it say about you that you're with someone like that? Mm. Or you're in a job like that. What does that say about you? Forget about the job. Forget about if I had a better job, I'd be happier. The, the victim statement. What, what does your life say about you? Have a look at your life honestly right now. 360 degrees, just look at it. And what you'll see is the common thread of all of those life circumstances is you. Mm-hmm. You're the common thread, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to see what that common thread actually looks like, as if you were looking in a mirror, just look at your life. And there it is. And as you know, mirrors don't lie. Your life doesn't actually lie. There it is. Mm. <laughs> in all of its glory. Mm. <laughs> you know, physical, mental and emotional. Gross, subtle and causal even. You know, there it is, the whole thing. Okay, so let's, let's say that um, the person says to you, oh, look, you know, I'm, uh, I'd really prefer to have a much better job but right now i i can't get a job because it's coronavirus and there's yep. no good jobs and so yep. you know they're in this victim and when i say victim it's not like i'm being persecuted but it's more there are things outside of my control that are dictating what my current reality is right absolutely you know? so the person says to you oh, i'm in this shitty job and i prefer a different job and you say well the common thread. In it. So um, what is it that you're doing? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Your, your, your expertise is in recruitment. You've written a book about it, right? Yeah. So, so someone comes to you and they say, Richard, I hate my job. I want to change my career. I, I, I want to get a better position. And you've written the book on this subject and you say, yeah. okay, go do all these things, A, B, C, D, just go and do all that stuff mm. and then come back and tell me how, you, how you've gone, right? And you ask those people what they've done and what do they tell you? Well, they make up excuses, not everybody, but the vast majority <laughs> make up excuses for why they didn't do what right. I'd suggested that they do. And those things would produce an outcome, correct? Sure. And the people that do all of those things get an outcome, correct? Yes. It, it's 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 mechanical. It's 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 like predictable. Right. If you consistently put your attention on that stuff and take action in the direction of what you'd prefer, that will begin to manifest. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So you know, stop stop doing the things that you don't want to do that are creating the results that you don't want, and start doing the things that will get you know that will create your preferred reality. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It seems seems. Astoundingly simple, doesn't it? But as you know, it's not easy. Yeah, it's simple but not easy. Exactly. It's simple, it's simple yeah. but not easy. And so with the risk of getting into a bit of woo-woo land, right, I want to yeah. use, I, I use a particular example, but I'll use an example I know of somebody that you coach because I know this person very well. And, um, and so obviously without naming this person, so this person was a female lawyer, who was very successful in her career. However, she was single and not ready to mingle, right? And then you worked with her and then at some time in the future, you caught up with her and she told you that she was now in a fantastic relationship. And she invited me to her wedding. And she invited you to her wedding. And when she described the circumstance, it was almost exactly as she had um, envisioned it when you have been working with her. Correct. All right. So, um, you know, talk through that in, obviously, with maintaining this person's confidentiality, but because some people would go, oh, this is just woo-woo crap, right? All right. Okay. All right, but you know, um, uh, tell tell us a story and tell us how does that happen? Um, just as a qualifier, I've, I've been coaching very senior business people for a long, long time, and if I continually presented them woo woo, I would not be in a job. Right? Mm-hmm. They only respond to stuff that works. 
And the truth about your subconscious mind, not your conscious, rational, linear, sophisticated, educated mind, but your subconscious mind, right? The, the mind that sits just underneath of your logic, your conditioned mind, it's called the subconscious. That subconscious mind says yes to whatever gets through to it. It has no discrimination. It leaves all that discrimination to the conscious mind, to the rational mind, to the linear mind. But if you believe you're a dickhead and you act like you're really confident, your subconscious will prove to you that you're a dickhead. Even, you, so even though I'm trying to fake it, yep. fake yep. it till you make it. Fake right? it till you make it, yep. yep. The yep. subconscious knows what's actually you're a dickhead. True, right? right? Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, just consistent with whatever you actually believe to be true. Yeah. Now, the subconscious is not right or wrong. That's all the domain of the logical mind. What's right for you could be and vice versa. It just says yes to whatever you put your attention on with, with, what, with feeling. So what really matters to you, it will prove to you that it's so. And the subconscious, because it's a, because you are a 24-7 electronic phenomena, and you probably use this term a lot, you know, like the matrix when you work in your breakfast of champions, mm -hmm. you're always transmitting and you're always receiving. You're a 24-7 communications tower. You're always sending out vibes and you're always picking up vibes mm -hmm. and whatever your subconscious beliefs so if you're a dick, if you believe you're a dickhead deep down, you feel like you're a failure, you will radiate that, so to speak. And you will subconsciously cause life to treat you like a dickhead mm -hmm. or, or a failure, whatever, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but it's consistent and it's mechanical and it's unerringly accurate unearingly accurate that as you sow so shall you reap right so, so going back so colin just to back step for a second so when you say you know if you want to know what's really going on look at your life yes life doesn't lie right so if you your life circumstance your life circumstances right so if i say oh you know i'm a really really successful recruiter and people take me for you know they respect me and you know yep. uh, i'm perceived as as being a true top of my profession and yet my results are not that then right. really what you're saying is that even though i'm saying you know i'm projecting a different story that's correct you're a 500 pound guy looking in the mirror thinking that you're 200 pounds right and so I can say to myself till I'm blue in the face, Richard's a rock star, but, yep. um, but if I'm not getting rock star results, then that is a trigger for me to go, well, actually I'm, I'm broadcasting something other than what I think or want. That's the mirror. Yes. Right. Okay. Great. And, the, and the mirror, the mirror is, is the more much, much more accurate reflection of what you're transmitting mm -hmm. and what you're receiving. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going back to, you know, uh, you were doing it, preempting the story about this lawyer. Yeah. Over to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We just did a bit of a leap there. Um, yeah. Okay. So I asked this person, what would you re what do you really, what would you really love? Right. And I didn't use the word like, what do you think you could afford? What do you think is possible? I just said flat, on face value, what would you love? <laughs> what would you just love, right? And this person said, I'd love to just get married and have a family and, you know, have someone there. And, you know, it's, it's not about not being a lawyer, but it's just also about, you know, cultivating this other whole side of my life that I've just haven't manifested, right? And I said, okay, okay, I hear that. So what are you doing? She said, well, I'm staying at home and watching TV. And when I do go out, I pretend not to be noticed. Right? 
hoping that nobody will notice me because why would anybody want to hang out with me, right? So clearly there was a self-esteem issue going on there in the subconscious. Uh, and what, clearly she was transmitting nobody come near me, right? Mm. So I didn't try and argue her out of this. I didn't lay the secret on her. <laughs> Just think about a white night and it'll be terrific. I was then engaging her imagination. And the thing about the subconscious mind and that every entrepreneur will tell you, the subconscious does not know the difference between what you think and what you imagine. What, you, you, what imagine, you think and what you experience. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't know any difference at all. Mm-hmm. So if you're imagining something really, really strong, the subconscious believes that's what's actually happening to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hypnosis will tell you this kind of stuff. Um, so if you really are hypnotized into believing you're a chicken, you'll run around, you know, scratching the farmyard floor. <laughs> so this person became aware of the current reality, what their, what their structure, what their pattern was, where their attention was tending to go, i.e., stay away, I'm not worthy of your attention, to imagination, just imagining a scenario where they'd leave work, they'd take the elevator, I got this person to imagine this, they'd go down to the street level and there'd be this amazing partner waiting for them in a car out at the front door. And... I got this person to imagine this on a regular basis with, with feeling, with emotion, as if it was so, as if it was so. The logical mind goes, it's bloody bullshit. And there's no way that's happening, right? Because that just feeds into your subconscious that it's not going to happen. I'm a piece of shit. It's not going to happen. So without any judgment, without any praise, without any blame, you just imagine a new reality and this person did with feeling with emotion as if it was so and sure enough within a couple of months it appeared mm. now she was not aware that it was appearing pretty much the way we'd imagined it but when i asked her in retrospect what happened she just you know met a, met a person and that person picked her up one day after work and it all unfolded from there well, I think if I remember the story, you were talking to her on the phone and she, and she said, oh, look, I've got to go, Colin. And That's right. Said, oh, and you said, oh, why? what's going on? She said, oh, um, my amazing boyfriend is waiting for me downstairs in his car. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. So how do you now explain you... that without getting being woo-woo? Okay. You and I know that before you started Arate Executive, you... <laughs> your attention started to move to what would I really love to do? And yeah. what you really would love to do is start up your own enterprise, fostering these qualities of you know, being a champion of your own life and doing it on your terms. And you were thinking about this even before you did it. You were thinking about it and imagining it way before it happened. That's what I mean by imagination. When you were imagining it, it actually wasn't physically happening. Mm. It was just appearing in your consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. But because you put more and more attention on it, it started to manifest. Mm. That's how we bring things into manifestation. That's how things appear in our lives. But they don't just appear, they stay, and then they disappear as well. Mm. And I think of the example you 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 know used to pull out your phone, and you'd say before this phone was invented, somebody yeah. needed to put their attention on, you know, imagining the mobile phone, and through putting or, or, or like a, a device without wires attached to it, you know, mm. and somebody did, and that person was the, obviously the inventor of the mobile phone, mm-hmm. and usually at the time of any new reality, everyone in in the uh, telecommunications market connected by telephone lines would poo-poo this idea. 
and they'd poo-poo it as woo-woo. They'd say, this is completely fantasy. There's no way you can talk through the air, right? It's impossible. You need a wire. You can't do it, right? Mm. Same as every other, every other great creator in life, in human history. You know, flight, automobiles, all of that stuff. The internet can't happen, impossible, it's bullshit, it's woo-woo. And sure enough, it appears because someone creates, someone brought it into existence. Mm-hmm. And you can do that with your life in your own simple, humble way. We can all do that. So, And I think that what the planet needs is for more people to live the life they'd love. Mm. Rather and than so- being... Given that we, you know, we have time is running out, but I definitely yeah. would love to do this more frequently, Colin, because uh, it's such an interesting conversation. You know, you, you mentioned briefly, sort of in passing, about the fact that you know we're now um, socially isolated. You and I are having this conversation on Zoom, okay? Yeah. And there seems to be. You know, now we work from home, we hang out with people, you know, um, remotely. We want to buy something, you know, we order it and it gets delivered. We want to, um, uh, you know, we need food. We do our online. People are becoming much, much more um, detached. Or detached perhaps isn't the right word, but more removed. Yeah. What, how, how does that fit into either from a, uh, a positive or a negative or it may even be a neutral way? You know, what, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about the fact, you know, that, uh, you know, 400 years ago we were living in small communities and we were all going to church together and we were all hanging out together and we were all looking after each other's kids and helping to build each other's homes and so on. And now, you know, you're stuck in a box and for a lot of people, they don't even get the opportunity to go to work, right? <laughs> so, you know, yes, we were a community 400 years ago, but 400 years ago, we might have been burning someone at the stake for being a witch, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think living the life you'd prefer is challenging in any period of life, any period of human history. Um, it seems to be the domain of, of the few. It doesn't seem to be the domain of the many. Um, most people, from my observation, seem to be happy just getting up, going to work and caring for their loved ones and living a relatively simple life from my point of view. Um, but for me, Richard, it was never going to be enough for me. If life was just about getting a job, getting married and living in a house and having kids and <laughs> retiring and dying. I, that was never going to be enough. I had to find out what was going on. But mind you, you've done, you have done all those things, right? You did I have the life and the job and the child yep. and the, yep. the mortgage and the, you know, the career and so on. So it's yep. not that you became a renunciate, right? You just, no. you, you wanted to, understand it in a broader context i just wanted to know what was really going on here Mm. you know what what do you really love what is your life about what the heck is really going on here Mm. that's all and it seems like we i mean we have all the goods of life right we have enough food clothing and shelter to you know throw a brick at so to speak you know we got tons of that stuff it seems to me like people are more and more um, disconnected from their essence. Mm-hmm. It seems like collectively there's a lot, lot more unrest, a lot more disenchantment. Mm. So I'm just advocating being positively disillusioned, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like really understanding your actual situation. Mm. that's all that's all Mm. and when you really understand your actual situation you'll see that it's all passing Mm. you know there is mortality and there is death and it is coming no matter how many millions you make that's still the end game Mm. and if that is the end game then 
what would I prefer to do? What would I love to do? And if what you'd love to do is to make billions then go ahead, terrific. But most people typically aren't living the life they'd love. You know, typically. Mm. Would you and say they, when you're on your, bre your breakfast of champions and stuff? Would I say most people are not living the life they'd love? Yeah. Oh, for sure. But, but what's been really interesting, Colin, you know, some of those people that started in these breakfasts with us sort of three years ago are still yeah. in them, right? Not all of them, but some of them. And when yeah. I say to them, hey, listen, how's your world? They go, it's great. You know, it seems effortless. <laughs> uh, just for, I think, a practice of being a part of these type of conversations yeah. and being around people who are all, you know, wanting to proactively and positively move towards your preferred reality. You know, yeah. birds of a feather hang out together, right? And, uh, and yeah. so when people come into my forums now and, you know, they're in a, their life is to a degree chaos, and it's not chaos in terms of it's absolutely falling apart, but they may not have the job that they want or the income they want or whatever, just by starting to pay attention to what they want. And then I, I can watch them three months' time, six months' time, 12 months' time, two years' time. And I think for a lot of people, they're not even conscious of the fact that they are starting through being involved and putting some attention on what they want, that they're actually creating it. And then yeah. I have to I have to say, well, let's remember, Fred, you know, a year ago, this is where you're right. at, this is where you're at now. And they That's go, right. wow, you know. Um, yeah. So just, you know, so Colin, at 67 years old now, you know, yeah. what is your attention on? Because you've, you, you've got a beautiful home, you live on the beach, you, you know. So how is this? How are you incorporating this into your life now? I know that you already have, but it hasn't changed. Is it the same? Well, as, you, as, you, as I've just told you, everything changes constantly. It's always changing. Um, oh, you know, I've got body stuff going on, the knees, you know, like what can I say? I've got a cup. <laughs> just the body itself is wearing out. Um, I'm still moved to be of service to people. Uh, I'm not really worried about too much of my life circumstances. Um, I'm, I really do see the distinction between my life and my life circumstances. Like anyone else, I have good days and not so good days. And, you know, there's wins and there's losses. And it doesn't seem to bother me as much as it did 40 years ago. Um, yeah, I'm still moved to be of service, I think, Richard. That, that's really it. Uh, I do not have many illusions about being fulfilled or it all working out terrific or, you know, living forever kind of thing, having plastic surgery and getting breast implants. And so the thing is, it's interesting. So you've dropped the need to be fulfilled. Yeah. What so I'm feeling more and more like I'm just being drawn most of the time now rather than driven. Uh -huh. So typically my days, I only do what I want to do. Um, I guess technically you'd call me semi-retired, but I don't feel that way. Mm. I feel like I'm just not doing much at the moment. Mm. That's all. But, um, you know, my choices are to still be of service to people. Mm. So for people listening to this podcast and they're yeah. like, wow, I'd love a little bit of the Colin Clark secret birds and spices, you know, yeah. um, there's still an opportunity for you to assist people. Once the borders open, yeah, or do it by Zoom. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, doing it by Zoom is probably a great idea. Yeah, we can do it by Zoom. All right. So, look, um, uh, I know that you've got things to do, as do I, but before we wrap it up, you know, this is um, the, the first instalment in hopefully many episodes, but is there anything you'd like <laughs> to sort of end on in terms of any final... Uh, thoughts or things people could consider before we wrap it up? There are many, many things in life over which we have no control. Um, usually most of it. But there's always one thing you have control over and that's what you put your attention on. Mm. Consciously or unconsciously, you can put your attention on what you want or you can put your attention on what you don't want. 
It's your call. Mm. And if you habitually put your attention on what you don't want, what are you doing? Mm. That's it. Mm. If you put your attention on what you want, you will get it. Mm. That's how it works. If you mm. plant an apple seed, you will get an apple tree. If you plant an apple seed and you pray for papayas, it'll never happen. You get what you sow and what you sow is your, atten your attention, your attention, your thoughts are, are the simplest form of mind. Where, where is that going? Wherever it goes is what you create. The sun shines equally on the rose as on the weed. Yep. It does. <laughs> Words it to does. live by. <laughs> <laughs> so in times like these, it would be very easy to be, you know, a bit bummed out by what's going on in yourself and the world and your, I don't know, all that stuff. They're just, you're just having difficult life circumstances. That doesn't mean your life itself is difficult. It just means your circumstances are. Mm. It's all a matter of perspective, Watson. All if there was one book recommendation that you would ah. say, go and read this book, what would you say? Oh, fuck, man. Oh, can I say that F word? Uh, <laughs> I, I, Jesus, I don't know, Richard. What do you think? I've read so many books in my life. Good grief. Right. Well, one of the ones know. that you uh, sort of introduced me to was The Magician's Way. Yeah, that right. kind of stuff. It's another all the same. Book, another book you introduced me to, I think it was called the path of least resistance. Is that Robert yeah. Fritz? Robert Fritz, yeah. They're all good books. All good books. Yeah. I, I, I would have directed you to a couple of Zen books, but, you know, it's not most people's appetite. Mm. Well, I Just think the, one, the, the guy that you originally introduced me to that is, I found has been most profound is uh, our friend, Jed McKenna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, Jed's... Uh, yeah. You, for your average punter listening to this, someone who's struggling with their work or their job or their life circumstances, you can you can change your outcomes by changing your attention. And if you can't do it readily, then you just have to do a bit of work on yourself mm. to see how you're engineered, so to speak. Mm. Will you come back and talk more? Of course. Of course, my friend. Of course. I love the Himalayas behind you. <laughs> I'll come for a visit in the, foothills of the, in the okay, foothills of the Himalayas. Well, thanks. Uh, I thought that was a great conversation. And uh, All right. if anybody is looking to reach out to Colin and you're not sure how to, let me know and I'll happily uh, make an introduction. But uh, God bless uh, you, Ricardo. And God, God bless you too, Colin. <laughs> I, I say that as a profoundly, I'm not an atheist, but I'm not a sort of a religious person. Uh, you know, you've, you've definitely made an amazing impact on my life and many people that are, that I've introduced to you and, and uh, you're, a, you're a national treasure. Well, at least a uh, Brunswick Heads treasure. <laughs> All right. Talk soon. See you, mate. Bye-bye. God bless. See you, Richard. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Arate Podcast with Richard Trinks. If you'd like to accelerate your executive career journey, Richard invites you to join his CEO Incubator community on LinkedIn. Just search for CEO Incubator in LinkedIn groups and click on the Ask to Join button to apply. We'll see you in the community. The Arate Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.